Wildfire smoke causes heart illnesses pretty much immediately upon contact, says a new report. The jury at a coroner's inquiry into the murder of Miles Gray has determined he died by homicide. Inquiry begins at Canadian Human Rights Tribunal into the way the RCMP managed complaints of abuse at Indigenous day schools in northern British Columbia, and Israel has bombed the Aleppo airport, rendering it unusable. Good morning. It's Tuesday, May 2nd. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. We are nearing another wildfire season in parts of Canada, with two fires that are out of control in BC's Caribou region. One fire is about 600 kilometers north of Vancouver, and it covers about 150 hectares. The second is burning near Pressy Lake, about 445 kilometers northeast of Vancouver. People are being evacuated from both fires. CBC's Moira Whiten is reporting that a new report shows that wildfire smoke can increase the risk of several heart problems. The Canadian Medical Association Journal published the study, which says, quote, for every 10 micrograms more of PM 2.5, the primary particle in BC's wildfire smoke, in one meter cubed of air, a person's combined odds of experiencing at least one of four heart issues was 5.5% greater, unquote. Each of the four issues are significant risk factors for heart attack and heart disease. The findings echo what experts in the province already see. Whiten quotes Sarah Henderson from the BC CDC, who said that they already see an increase in illness immediately once the smoke has arrived. Heart attacks, breathing issues, and weakened heart walls increase by between 1 and 2% within an hour of someone being exposed to wildfire smoke. Lori Adamson an emergency room doctor in Salmon Arm says that they see babies and children especially arrive with breathing issues when the smoke arrives. These issues, of course, are intimately connected to climate change. Now, another BC story for you, but this one is related to a high-profile coroner's inquest. The jury at the coroner's inquest into the death of Miles Gray has determined that his death was a homicide. Miles died at the hands of multiple Vancouver police officers almost eight years ago. The report comes from Rihanna Schmunk. I won't list Miles' injuries at the moment that he was killed, but they were extensive and certainly sounded like he had been beaten to death. It happened in a Burnaby backyard in August 2015. The whole thing started with a disagreement. Two people had called 911 to report that a man had yelled at a woman watering plants and had sprayed her with his hose. Officers started to show up one by one, and Gray wouldn't comply with their various demands. Eventually, 14 Vancouver police were dispatched. They claimed that Gray had an appearance and actions that were, quote unquote, animalistic and that he showed, quote, superhuman strength, unquote. The officers feared for their lives and said their only option was to murder Gray. Some people argued that Gray was in a state of, quote, excited delirium, unquote, something that the coroner rejected. As they were beating Gray, the police didn't think Gray was experiencing enough pain, and so they beat him more. Five of the cops present said that they didn't take any handwritten notes as per the orders of their quote-unquote union representatives, unquote. 
of course, police unions aren't actually unions, but that's what it says in the story. Now, the first time I ever heard of this case was on Archie Mann's excellent podcast, F the Police for Canada Land Commons. I cannot recommend enough that you listen to it. Gray's family says they're relieved with the finding of homicide. And now it'll be up to the Crown to lay charges in this case. Next, to the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal hearing on its first day of testimony into how the RCMP handled abuse allegations at Indigenous day schools in northern British Columbia. The Thais, Amanda Follett Hosgood, is reporting that the inquiry is focusing on someone who is prominent and who has held high-profile positions. He's been accused of abusing children while teaching in Burns Lake and Prince George. They say that this individual has been widely publicized, but now the Thai isn't allowed to name him. The individual argued that publicizing his name would cause, quote, undue hardship to his dignity, reputation and mental health, unquote. The individual's request for anonymity was granted by the tribunal when he requested it, despite opposition to this application by the Thai and APTN. What's especially weird is that the Thai has even reported on this individual before in the past using his name. The individual had taught at Immaculata Elementary School in Burns Lake in the late 1960s and then Prince George College in the early 1970s. If you've ever watched Olympic-related politics in the province, you will definitely know who the individual is. I mean, heck, you can actually just Google those details and you'll find out pretty easily. When survivors of this individual's abuse went to the RCMP, they, quote, declined to lay charges, unquote, blaming the decision on the survivor's Spotty memories. The investigation is the subject of this inquiry, reports Follett Hosgood. There have been many delays in the proceedings during which three of the six complainants have died and one witness has died. The inquiry is expected to last until June 22nd. And finally, Israel has attacked Aleppo early this morning. The raids targeted their international airport. One Syrian soldier was killed and the airport is not usable, Al Jazeera reports. They're also reporting that Israel has not commented on the attack as of seven hours ago, at least. The Aleppo airport has been an important node in the aid network that is bringing help to the people impacted by the massive earthquake that hit Syria and Turkey in February. About 6,000 Syrians perished in the quake. Reports are that the attack targeted a munitions depot near the airport. This is the third time in about six weeks that Israel has attacked the Aleppo airport. They also launched an air raid over Hums, which wounded three civilians earlier this week. The raid destroyed an ammunition depot that belonged to Hezbollah in a rural part of Hums. Those are your headlines for today. It is Tuesday, May 2nd. It's Sandy and Nora Day. So new episode is coming out in a couple of hours and we discuss what are your rights when you're walking through a park and you're feeling scared and you decide to call 911 on people that are making you scared? And, oh, those people are marginalized. They're unhoused and they're doing drugs. We get into it in a couple of hours. So stay tuned. <laughs> 